1: Past performance may not be indicative of future results. from the advisor or any other investment professional.
0: The following program is pre-recorded. Listener calls are not being taken at this time. Thanks for listening to AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington
3: Sure has been an interesting year. It, unbelievable. A lot of people are uh, not real happy. I understand, and uh, you just have to understand that the stock market's going to fluctuate a lot. Anybody that's ever listened to this show since I started back in 1996, where my first official pick was Qualcomm, by the way, <laughs> and it sucked did nothing. For two years, it went sideways in a 40 percent trading range, and I'll let you go back and, and look up uh, what it did after that. but anyway, nobody knew who it was then, and, and today it's so funny because they knew, knew it for a little while, mainly just because it had gone up so much, and then they did a spin-off that, that went up a lot, and uh, you know they're the, the reason that you have a cell phone that they call a smartphone the brains behind that is the chip that Qualcomm makes and the software that they own the patents to. And, uh, so anyway, uh um, that was interesting. It was fun. And there's always an element of luck involved. I don't care what you're doing. Um, uh, you know, Qualcomm could have been, uh, surpassed by another chip company. If, if Intel had known or if AMD had known how big that market was going to be at some point in time, they had enough in resources just to put those guys out of business. So you just never know there's, there's always a uh, fairly large element of luck involved. And that's why as you get older, uh, you you really don't want to be loading up on individual stocks. It's okay to invest in them. Uh, I would never put more than, oh, I don't know, probably 5% of my total assets into an individual stock if I were past the age of 65. Uh, If I have more than 5% of my money in an individual stock and I am past the age of 65, I would look to diversify that. But that's me. That's me with 32 years of experience and a lot of it uh, school of hard knocks. (laughs) So I always said, uh, well, actually, I started saying this about 10 years into my career. Experience is the best teacher, especially when it's somebody else's. If you can learn from someone else's experience, you're actually fairly unique. Most people can't, but those that can, can save themselves a lot of anguish. (laughs) And so I try to share all that, a lot of this stuff that I've learned over the years on this program. And I really appreciate all the people that I talk to that say, Hey, I try to catch your program every time I can. Very nice. Thank you. I appreciate that uh, immensely. And uh, I'll try to keep doing a good job. And if you if you have questions that you would like to see answered on this program, you can always go to my website at com, and you can request or have a question. Send me a question. Uh, I can't tell you how many people go there. They, they find the information request page and then they forget to write in the question where it says question in the box. <laughs> so I have no idea what they're actually looking for. Uh, so anyway... Um, but you can do that, bullingtoncapital.com. I'd be glad to try to answer questions to uh, the best of my ability. And we're going to be talking today a little bit about the same things we talk about almost every week here. We're looking at the economy. Uh, most people think that the economy is a leading indicator for the stock market, and that's not correct. The, the stock market is a leading indicator for the stock market, <laughs> actually for the economy. Uh, The Fed looks at stock prices because they know there are people who manage an awful lot of money who have contacts with people or they like BlackRock sits on the boards of an awful lot of companies that they invest in. Now, they're a mutual fund manager or actually mostly exchange traded funds. It's another type of a fund. So they're a fund manager and they're sitting on the boards of these big companies And they're influencing those companies' decisions. So they have the ability to uh, respond and move to the things that they have access to that the rest of us won't have access to. They're not allowed to front run. That's a whole other argument. But, But they do have informed decisions. And so when they're putting money into the markets, you can kind of see where they're going just based on the speed of the fund, how fast it's going up or down. Now, they are also subject to the whims of individual investors who take their money in and out of stock markets all the time. And you should probably try to not do that. Uh, That's not a good idea to try to guess. Uh, If you've got some sort of methodology, let's say it's based on relative strength, that's basically a form of price movement measurement. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, But you better define that really well. the, The number one problem I've seen for the past 32 years and it hasn't gone away. I thought 32 years, well, actually I started doing this show in 1996, so not quite 32 years, but I thought for sure everybody was going to figure this out and I would be unemployed by this time in my career. That's what I thought. Everybody's going to get this. It's not that hard. They'll understand and they won't need financial advisors in the future. And you know what? I'm still waiting for that day. <laughs> and uh, but I get it. You know, it's it's like it's not uh, intellect. There are tons. You don't have to be. You don't have to have above average intelligence to be a good investor, but you do have to have above average knowledge so that you feel comfortable when the market's dropping. Because if you're not comfortable when the market's dropping. And you're panicking and selling and selling your stocks when they're down instead of when they're up. That's a problem. That's that's probably one of the biggest problems. It is the biggest problem. It's not probably. It, it's the biggest problem that investors have. It's a a lack of confidence that they lose at some point in time, and then they go to cash, and then they, they lock in losses, and then they miss out on a lot of gains. And it's hard. And if it were easy, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. I want to have a job. So the bottom line is you just need a, you need a strategy and the strategy doesn't even have to be that good. I've seen some really crappy strategies actually do very well. If you give it enough time or just strategies, I thought were crappy. Uh, turns out they're pretty good. Uh, I'm talking about some value oriented strategies. I'll get into that a little bit later on today's show. There's a bunch bunch of different strategies that you can use. Uh, There are funds out there that are doing it. And how do you identify them? We'll talk about that in the second segment of today's show. And we're also going to talk about uh, fixed index annuities. Annuities are becoming a really big deal. Um, bigger than they, They're playing a bigger role now than they've ever played. Why? Because the fastest growing segment of the population is 60 and over. Every, every day, 10,000 people are turning 60. Think about that for a second. I hope that uh, the young people are having lots of kids. (laughs) We need somebody (laughs) because we're going to, everybody's going to be on social security. (laughs) There will be nobody there to support them. Yeah. And by the way, don't worry about that. The social security is fine. It's in extremely good shape. And uh, when they first started social security back in the thirties, yeah, you had to be 65 to start collecting, which doesn't seem bad. You know, today 65 seems pretty good, but Back in those days, the average life expectancy was 65. So they really didn't think they were going to have to be paying that much. And they figured that if you lived to that ripe old age, you were definitely going to need help. (laughs) And Incidentally, I don't know if this is true or not, but I had read somewhere that uh, the average life expectancy in China is only 60. That's a little nuts uh, because their birth rate is negative in that country. That means their population is getting old fast and uh, not sure what that means for, you know, their competitive position around the world. But, you know, we'll see. Definitely we'll see. Uh, and uh, one of the other things I, I wanted to kind of point out, I'm here looking at uh, key economic indicators. I'm looking at the U.S. unemployment rate, 3.6 3. percent, 3.6 now, when I was studying economics in college some 30 years ago, they, we were looking at an unemployment rate that was around 10% or so, which was considered pretty high, but they thought that a five a to 6% unemployment rate was not attainable for any long period of time. Think about that. This current unemployment rate is 3.6%. <laughs> and it's been below five for about a decade. And they were teaching not that long ago, at least I don't feel like it's that long ago, that that was unsustainable. You could never do that. Wasn't possible. Okay. Now, granted, they've also changed how they calculate the unemployment rate, which helps it look a lot lower than it was, but you know, it's pretty interesting. I'm looking at the US 10 year government bond interest rate, 3.13%. By the way, the uh, shorter term bonds are paying almost as much as that is. That's a big deal. If you're looking for stability in your portfolios, the rates are coming up a little bit there. So you can get, uh, if you're getting shorter term treasuries, 2.5%, no sweat, that's pretty good. Uh, you earn interest every day that you hold those, by the way, there's no commission to buy or sell it. The prices do fluctuate, but not a lot, not a lot. You know, if you're buying a one or two or a three year treasury, the price may fluctuate maybe in the basis points. That's one, one hundredth of a percent, but you're also collecting interest for every day that you hold it. There's no, um, there's no commission to buy or sell it. So if your account's big enough or if it's offered through your broker dealer, that's, that's a good thing to look at right now. Uh, If not, if you just want to stick with funds then yeah, you want to make sure the thing you want to look up with that is the average duration. Duration is a measure of how the portfolio moves relative to moves in interest rates. If interest rates go up and it goes down a lot, say like the uh, TLT, that's a long-term treasury bond fund that goes down a lot when interest rates go up, well, that would have a, uh, uh, duration of say like 20 years it'll act like a 20-year bond will will act and uh, it doesn't tell you how much it's going to go up or down it just says it the higher the uh, the number of years the, the more flex or the more fluctuation you're going to get so anyway that that's the uh uh three cent version uh if you look that up they use a lot of four and five syllable words to describe what they're doing <laughs> I really don't like that. The uh, I'd rather stick with the average maturity, and I kind of know approximately how much the principal is going to fluctuate on the thirty-year bond. Just having looked at the the charts for so many years, Uh, you know, you get a one percent increase in long-term interest rates, and you can you probably see ten to fifteen percent decline in a in a thirty-year bond's price. Yeah, it may make it up right away. You can't know that, but you can know that there's a really good chance that if interest rates go up by one percent and you're holding on to thirty-year Treasury bonds, there's a really good chance that, that bond's going to be down ten or twelve percent. And that's a uh, uh, that's a given. Now, having said that, let me give you an example: 2022 TLT. That's a Treasury bond fund, twenty-year plus Treasury bond fund. Its price was one fifty-two. It's down 118. It's down to 118 right now. It's down 20%. You know, you know, what's really funny. Uh, Anybody that has a degree in finance or works for a bank or maybe the Fed, because the Fed's got an office here in Cleveland, they're listening to me and they're going, oh my gosh, this guy, (laughs) he's going over a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, we'll come back to that as soon as we come back from these commercial messages. You're, (laughs) You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned.
0: For the lost and lonely For
3: the broken and afraid This is for those who are hurting
1: Hoping help is on the way
0: Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone?
2: Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world?
0: It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard.
2: Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround.
0: Visit surroundcleveland.com today. That's surroundcleveland.com. Always Right Radio with Bob France. Here's what the overwhelming majority of American people believe we must do. We need to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. You're a liar. In addition to bleeding stupid, you're a liar. The Second Amendment says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free people and of a free country... The rights to bear arms shall not be infringed. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on The Answer
1: and Odyssey.
0: From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply.
4: Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to, To Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation.
3: back. If you've just tuned in, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, I am the CEO of Bullington Capital. There's only three of us there, by the way, so it's not a huge thing. We uh, manage money for about 200 households, and uh, we use huge custodians. Fidelity's uh, a big one. Axos is another one, and there's a a third firm that just got bought out by Goldman Sachs. So technically we're with Goldman Sachs there and interesting. Um, But if you'd like to, if you hear something you'd like more information on, just feel free to go to my website at Bullington Capital uh, and inquire, or you can call 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. And I will be giving that number out a couple more times before the end of the show. You know, we started talking about uh, economics, and I'm telling you, man, the, uh, what I see. The problem with the economy is not that the banks are going bad or loans are going bad, at least not yet anyway. That's a cyclical thing, and it tends to speed up and then slow down from time to time. But right now, the, uh, the biggest uh, problem with the economy is the supply. It's not demand. Demand is there when when you have lowered demand because people are out of work, they're losing their jobs, the uh, economies hit the skids, the banks are losing money. Those are big ones. Those are really big ones. Those are like the fifty percent kind, the kind that you saw from March of two thousand to March of two thousand and three. That was mostly an overvaluation of the stock market. But the uh, uh, and then you go from two thousand seven through two thousand nine. You know the S and P peaked out in. in November of 2007 what people most people didn't realize that small mid cap and international emerging markets were crashing that whole year and the standard imports the S&P 500 didn't start to drop until November of that year and then it continued to drop through March of 2009 and at the end it was down 50%. So if your luck was really really bad and you invested near the peak of the market in the year 2000 In 2009, you'd be down 50% if you never took out a dime. Think about that. You'd be down 50% if you never took out a dime. (laughs) 10 years later, uh, okay, that's called the risk for that is called sequence of returns risk. Because if you look at the long term returns, despite the fact that you get those big drops like that, the long term returns are somewhere around 9% or so depending on which period you're going to look at. But you can have a 10-year period with negative returns. You need to understand that. When you're looking at an illustration or you're reading an article, nobody that I know of talks about that. I've never seen that mentioned outside of magazines for hedge fund managers or institutional investors. And I know why they don't want to talk about it because they're afraid they'll scare everybody out of the stock market. Well, you know what? You don't think they're going to find out anyway? I mean, if they're invested in that, you don't think they're going to see those big declines like that? Yes, they they will. You will. I will. And you know what? It's not a lot. You shouldn't be afraid of it. It's just the nature of the beast. If you have, uh, if you don't have the ability to ride out a fifty percent decline, just don't put one hundred percent of your money in stocks. It is that simple. If you can't stand to see it. Cut in half. Don't put all your money in stocks. And by the way, by by putting about half your money in something safe, okay, that gives you money that when you do see those big declines, you can actually add to it while everybody else is running, screaming, and scared. And when it recovers and then goes back, you'll be way ahead of the game. Now, that is a lot easier to say than it is to do. I promise you. It takes a lot of guts to be buying stocks when they're dropping. Uh, But, you know, I forgot what the old saying is, uh, chance favors the bold, okay? And you don't have to be all that bold. You can have, right now, I don't think there's a need for people to be much more than 50-50. Take something 50% in something that's relatively safe and then put the other half into a diversified stock portfolio. I like to use exchange-traded funds. I used to like to use individual stocks, but... They move a lot too fast a lot faster than they used to, so I'm using funds that are picking stocks for us and will make changes people may are not cut out for today's financial markets as individuals they're just not cut out for it you can't convince me of that uh, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be participating you should be participating and you should be using funds that are clearly defined so you can kind of get an idea of of how they've done in the past what did they do in two thousand what did they do in two thousand Seven, eight, nine. Uh, you get a pretty good idea of that. And then that's how you build the expectations in. So, okay, if, if this were to happen again, if the banks started losing a whole lot of money because a lot of the loans that they were making were bad, or if real estate started going bad like it did in the early 90s and uh, um, that contagion spread, how does that pan out for the strategy that I'm using? How has it done in the past? Not going to repeat itself exactly, but at least it gives you an idea, some something to build your, your opinion on. And if, and again, if you can't take a 50% decline, don't put 100% of your money in stocks. It's that simple. Let's say you had 60% of your money in stocks okay, and it gets cut in half. How much are you down by? You're down by 30%. 30% doesn't make you feel good, but it makes you feel a lot better than being down 50 <laughs> And, uh, and, and I'm sorry to say, but that's as good as it gets. That is literally as good as it gets. The, uh, uh, it's actually very simple. And again, anybody that's passed the CFA exam is uh, really upset that I'm explaining this so simply and uh, kind of making fun of it. That's too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry you wasted all that time and money on that designation. But the uh, uh, reality is that's the way markets work. And it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Just have to be careful. Just sit down. It's it's common sense stuff when you got it, all the, the graphs in front of you. You Unfortunately, you can't know exactly how you're going to do. That's where products that are going to guarantee minimum returns like treasury bills or you get the uh, fixed indexed annuities, incidentally, um, because interest rates have gone up, the, the new rates on that you probably want to check into, they're pretty good. They're very good. You can get guaranteed lifetime incomes without having to disinherit your beneficiaries. Back in the, when I first started in the industry, if you annuitized, that means you took the monthly income, uh, you got a nice income, but once you passed away, the money went back to the insurance company. It didn't go to your beneficiaries if there was any left. Uh, well, that's changed. You can actually take an income during your life. Uh, the money's going to be invested. If there's still money left there when you pass away, it goes to your beneficiaries. How cool is that? And if you want to add this thing called a rider, A rider is like an insurance policy on an uh, an annuity, which in itself is a type of an insurance policy. Um, It will uh, guarantee that your family gets back at least the amount that you put into it. Let me tell you where that really comes in handy. Let's say you started off and you had, to keep my numbers easy and round, $100,000 invested in one of these. That was your investment. You were turn the income on so you're taking money out. You're taking about... 5% 5% a year. Um, depends on your age. Actually, you should be getting a little bit more than that. The older you get, the higher percentage it is. I just pulled that right out of thin air uh, just for my example. So if you're taking out 5000 a year and you did it for three years, it's 15000 bucks. and then the market crashed and uh, you got hit by a car and, and passed away, uh, the worst case scenario is your family gets 85000 the hundred thousand minus the five thousand a year that they gave you, so the rest of that money would go to your family. If you'd put that money in a stock fund, and you're taking out five thousand a year, and you you actually started taking it out in March of two thousand, okay, March of two thousand and three, you'd have about thirty eight to forty thousand, depending on how many dividends you get and that would that would be what your family would inherit not the 85,000 they're going to they're going to take that big loss see that's what I'm kind of what I'm talking about with this you you're going to get a guarantee of a much higher income than in most other types of fixed products you get a guarantee on the that you can't your family can't get back less than you've invested in it no matter what happens in the market that's pretty good from an estate planning standpoint that's really good from, uh, you know, if, if you love your kids, that's a really good thing to do. Make sure that they're going to get the remainder of the money. And if the market had done better, let's say it had positive returns over that time period, they would get that number instead. Now, I'm going to tell you that the, the chances of that are not good, okay? Because uh, taking out that high of a, a dis- distribution from the, the investments, and if you've got a really bad time or even a, a normal, well, a normal time period, if you had a good time period, there is a chance that you would get back. Their family would get back more than you've uh, invested minus what you've taken out. But, uh, you know, you don't know. So anyway, we're talking in case worst case scenario, your family inherits what you've invested minus what you've taken out. If you haven't taken anything out, let's say you put $100,000 and got hit by a car and, and you're gone and the market had crashed and was down 50%. Well, they will guarantee that your family would get back the full 100000 okay? So if you have more questions on that, I think these are great for fixed income investors, people who are nearing retirement uh, that maybe take want to take out income to supplement their Social Security and pensions or whatever other income that they have. It's, I think it's a really good idea and they are very complicated. Uh, I will give you that. I have to spend an awful lot of time studying to keep up with all the changes that are going on in that industry. It's like, well, it's like everything else in life. The only constant is change now. And, uh, um, but right now I think it's very attractive. Uh, you've also got treasuries out there I think are very attractive if you don't have access to that then you probably need to use some super short-term bond funds because the long-term bond funds are getting crushed. I think that, like I said earlier in today's show, the uh, 20-year treasury bond fund from uh, iShares Barclays index is down about 24% from where it peaked last December. That's a bond fund, (laughs) a government bond fund. So you really have to know what you're doing. I feel bad for people because things are complicated. You know, they're very complicated to explain what a premium or a discount to a bond is. How many days they accrue interest? The, uh, it just, why do bond prices move? There's a, uh, there's a lot to have to know today. I just feel horrible for an average investor because you can't stick your money in a, uh, a 10% guaranteed annuity like was available when I first started in the industry and just forget about it. <laughs>
0: that, that was easy.
3: The, uh, those days are over. Uh, Like they've been gone a long time. Uh, The good news is that interest rates have moved up a little bit. So some of those interest rates are starting to climb back up again. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And actually there are certain sectors in the stock market, you know, for the other portion of your money, the money that you're going to need to grow faster than what you're taking out of that uh, over the long run. There are a lot of good uh, industries that you can invest in or invest in funds and invest in those industries, and I think you're going to be fine there. If you've got a 10-year time horizon, which you should have, if you're invested in stocks and you're not thinking 10 years into the future, you're making a mistake. I don't care what those Facebook ads say. If those guys could actually do what they say they're going to do, they wouldn't be selling that information. (laughs) Anyway, you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
4: Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation.
0: Is your job recession-proof? Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with My Computer Career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You can have your dream job in just months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus. And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. In the old Dracula movies starring Bella Lugosi, all you had to do was show the cross, and the vampire would slink away. But we still have that cross. Only this time, that cross represents the truth. We have truth on our side. Truth, common sense, and the belief in what's right. Use the truth to win those arguments. And stay tuned to this station to find out what's real, what's true, and who's telling the lies. That's why we exist. AM 1420, The Answer.
1: And Odyssey.
2: Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262.
4: Will you want more so. To our Lady of the West Side.
0: Do you need the answer on the go? Check out our all new AM 1420 The Answer app on the Google Play Store or App Store.
3: How appropriate is that? (laughs) You know, anytime I hear that, I love that song. Every time I hear that song, uh, I crank it up really loud and I convince myself that I can sing. (laughs) All the way up until I turn the volume down again. (laughs) But uh, it is a really nice song. Um, Yeah, we were just talking a little bit about uh, individual stocks and I've gotten some requests. By the way, I'm looking at a scan right now. And it kind of gives you a pretty good idea of how strong or weak the whole stock market is by the number of companies that that show up in the scan. And right now there are 90 and I can't remember seeing that many for several months. So now that can change tomorrow. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but it's a good sign when you're seeing 90 stocks meeting all the criteria of this one particular scan. And then I go and look at some of the valuations and some of the the, the uh, financial uh, statements of a lot of these companies, and they're pretty good. So very encouraging to see good quality companies that are starting to move up. You know, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> if you can't tell, <laughs> but uh, so anyway. And if you ever wanted to see that, we're going to. I can't remember if we have the uh, space booked or not, but we're going to do another. Seminar, the uh, kind we used to do, uh, corporate college out on the east side. In uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I will show these. Actually, I'll give you the uh, criteria. I'll I'll print it off and bring it with me. If you wanted to subscribe to this software, it's like fifty bucks a month, which is a a, a deal, by the way. Because when I give you my scan, um, I'm turning that into an institutional quality tool, which you would normally pay two to three thousand dollars a month just to have access to. And uh man, I'm glad I learned how to do that on my own. (laughs) I don't have to pay all that extra money. But uh but Telechart, TC two thousand is the company. Uh in uh it's fifty bucks a month. It is it's mind-boggling what you get. I can't believe all the money I spent earlier in my career to get access to this kind of stuff. Uh it's one of the reasons I'm still working. because I was an individual. I wasn't supported by an institution and to pay for it all myself. But, uh, I, I guess it's, it's good. I, when you're spending a lot of money, you tend to pay attention to what's going on, <laughs> or at least I do. Maybe some people don't, but, um, uh, anyway, it could be very, very helpful. And I'm, and I'm liking what I see. And I like the interest rates, uh, and the, the guaranteed rates on the fixed index annuities. They're really good right now. I mean, they're really good in, uh, I mean, some of them well the vast majority of them are higher than most people have been averaging on their stock stock investments over the past 20 years so that's very encouraging you don't have to have nearly as much money at risk you're going to have to have some money in stocks though because those fixed annuities are fixed okay so if you're if you're in your early 60s or mid 60s or even early 70s you got another 15, 20 year life expectancy. You're going to want something that's keeping up with inflation. And that would be plus what you're taking out of it. Those would be stocks. You know, those would be stock investments. Um, it's the only asset class that's, that's ever been able to do that over long time periods. The key is you don't want to have so much invested in that. That when it goes down, it really hurts your ability to continue to take money out of it because it, you know every dollar you take out that's cut in half uh, is not going to come back. I mean, you're you're spending them when they're down by half. It's almost impossible to make that back up. So you don't want more than uh, oh, probably forty, fifty percent of your money invested that way when you are within three or four years of retirement. Now I used to say you know, 65% of your money invested that way. And you could still do that. You could, a 65, 35, that would be fine. You got 35% of your money invested in, in fixed products, whether they're treasuries, short-term high quality bonds, uh, or fixed index annuities. Uh, those are all different things by the way. Yeah. The, uh, but they fit in that one category they, they're safer than, well, quote unquote, safer, they're supposedly safer than investing in stocks because stocks fluctuate so much more than they do. And stocks do fluctuate a lot. I mean, and, and there's no way of avoiding that. I mean, I, I still, to this day, it it kills me that people call in uh, and say, "Hey, where do you think the stock market will be? You know, twelve months from now or six months from now?" You know what? If if I knew the answer to that question, I wouldn't answer it anyway, because there's a an investment you could make that would return about 150 times whatever you put into it. And I would put all my money in there. <laughs> and uh I'd be war- rubbing elbows with Elon Musk and Warren Buffett. Because uh if you could really know that within ten or I would actually within ten or fifteen percent of the actual number. You know, that that's amazing. So and I know most people don't know what I'm talking about right now, but it's basically options on futures contracts. So if you really knew what was gonna happen, you could get really, really, really rich really fast the fact that there are not thousands and thousands actually millions of billionaires walking around on the planet the uh means that that's incredibly difficult to do you know somebody's going to win the lottery it doesn't mean they're skilled think about that for a second the uh anyway i'll let you think about that for a long second (laughs) um but what was I? I just lost my train of thought. Anyway, so I was talking about some individual stocks, and I know a lot of people like to talk about individual stocks. Uh, you know what's running right now? It it kind of kills me, actually. Uh Genworth Financial. You know, Genworth. GE Financial Arm used to be. They've got spun off. Uh it's pretty amazing. The stock's only four bucks. The price to sales ratio on that thing is 0.25. I think the S&P's average is three. They're. Point two five and now it's starting to move. It's about $4 and 18 cents as I speak. And that would be one of those stocks that could be a value play. It's an insurance company. So when actually when rates go up, it will have a tendency to hurt insurance companies in the short run because insurance companies have a ton of money in bonds. And when rates go up, bond prices go down. So it hurts them a little bit, but they'll just raise your premium next quarter. No sweat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kind of. Uh, Anyway, there's a, uh, let's see, Mina Corporation. I think that's a semiconductor company. I'm not really sure. I can't remember. Uh, But man, it's, it was a lot. Yeah, I think it is. It was a lot higher in the year 2000 than it is today. Almost 10 times higher. That's, that's mind boggling, but it's breaking out above a level that, was set back in 2016 2017 it looks like a couple with a handle pattern on a weekly chart so if you know what that means great if not don't worry about it. it's not that important uh skip it (laughs) you've only got a few thousand stocks to pick from so it's not like we're going to run out of ideas or or opportunities that they come up uh here's one it's uh, uh wow this is a company called tile and they actually do tile like building product material tiles You know, that's, uh, their symbol is T I L E and, uh, not too bad. Price to sales ratio 0.66. That's not bad at all. It's on the move right now. And, uh, here's one. Um, this is related to semiconductor industry, uh, Photronics Incorporated PLAB. It's actually, it's chart looks better than the other charts. Um, it's, it's a large range day. If you don't know what that is, come to the next seminar. I'll I'll show you. But large range days on volume—that's about above average. Uh, generally, pretty good. The the fact that it's in an industry that's been running like crazy, uh, where the demand is up a lot, sales growth is up a lot—that's good. Its symbol is PLAB. The price is twenty three twenty one. If these are only for aggressive investors, by the way, these are for long, they're they're actually long-term traders. You don't want to day trade this. Actually, you don't want to day trade anything. Uh, You want to try to locate those things that you think have the best probabilities or possibilities of going up more than 20% or so over the next few weeks. And uh, I'm looking to normally double my money. and That's what I would like to do. It's got a price to sales ratio of one point two two, which is a lot higher than Genworth at point two five. But the industry average for that thing is about six. So if you could buy something at a dollar twenty two that you would normally pay six bucks for, that's a deal. So in its industry, it's a pretty good deal. And I really like the uh, the chart pattern. So I'll leave that one alone. And by the way, if you, again, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, this part I I don't really do a lot of on uh, individual trading anymore. I'll probably buy that one tomorrow. The uh, uh, I'll just put a, a market order in and put a trailing stop on it and let it rip. Um, but I don't do a ton of that anymore. It's it's only with about, oh, I'm going to say 20% of my total portfolio is uh, attributed or at least allocated to individual stocks. And I normally hold about 20 stocks. So realistically, I'm only putting 1% of my money in each stock. And I know a lot of people are going, well, one percent that's not going to make a big difference, yeah, but I'm not going to get killed either. <laughs> and I don't have the time to sit there and babysit and watch them. I did, basically I buy them on the open and I put a trailing stop loss order on it and I just let it rip. you know so and I don't have 20 stocks right now. I had to use uh, exchange traded funds because this is the, this is actually the first time in months, maybe in over a year. That I've seen companies that have decent valuations that are running up pretty quickly, and this is this is relatively new. So that's what keeps me uh, interested in this. It's always changing. Uh, it'll go from really heated to really. It'll cool off very quickly and then heat back up again. And uh, if you're paying attention, you know it can help. If not, you need to be using exchange traded funds. There are some funds that do extremely similar stuff to this. I really like what's happened in that industry. They have come out with some excellent products, excellent ideas. I try to hold as many of them as I can. uh, And uh, I just really like it. When you understand what makes a stock go up, uh, in the short run, by the way, that's anything less than a couple of years. It's the buying and selling. And in order to get that right, you've got to either anticipate or just observe anticipating is projecting is predicting that that is the hardest way you can pick stocks that I know of uh, when you're looking for short-term gains observation like for Trinex labs. When I see this stock is, is the volumes up more than its average daily volume that the stock's closing. It's right at its high of the day right now, by the way, I'm, I'm talking about this during the weeks because I pre-recorded this show And uh, its range is more than its average daily range. It's up 7.3% for the day, but it's just now passing the high point that it reached back in June. In June, it got to this point, went down, oh, looks like about uh, about 25% or so. Now it's ripping back up again, and it just took out that 52-week high. So that's pretty substantial. Now, for all, of, all those of you that are listening to this and don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> for you guys that have been bugging me about talking about stocks again, there you go. <laughs> I try to, try to please you if you can. And uh, just know that there are, there are a lot of companies that are running right now. They're, the industry growth in the, in the entire world is being held back by supply chain problems. The supply chains are very difficult, especially with the war going on in, uh, you know, e- Europe. Uh, that has really tied a knot in a lot of things. It was hard before they started the invasion. And now it's it's just slowed a lot of things down to a snail's pace. Uh, but I'm amazed that the economy hasn't contracted more than it has. It just blows my mind how resilient it's been. So I can only imagine... What might happen as this stuff starts to clear away and uh, and recover? And I look at the underlying growth of a lot of the industries. Healthcare and semiconductor are still my favorite. And healthcare's been beat. I mean, it's it's been down a lot. If you're really like one of the buy low, sell high people, you might want to be looking into those um, semiconductor not semiconductor those healthcare stocks or the funds that invest in them. I have a, a model that I use. In uh, I haven't been super happy with it over the past year because it's been beat like a lot of other things, but the valuations in that industry are great. And with the demographics of the world, you know, we're getting older and you know what happens when you get older, you go to the doctor, like a lot more. Like I can tell you firsthand experience. I've watched it my entire career because the average people that are under the age of 50 don't really have, are typically not the ones with the most money. Now, some of them do, but the vast majority of them are older than 50. And right now, the fastest growing segment of the population is 16 over. I can I see it, and I'm feeling it myself, by the way. So I go to the doctor way more than I used to go. I would never go to the doctor when I was a young man. I would just suck it up. <laughs> but uh, at some point in time, you just got to give in and, <laughs> and start start going to the doctor. And, uh, so I look at all the healthcare stocks and the valuations are really good. The growth rates are good. The demographics are good. Hey, you know, how do I take advantage of that? Well, I've got a model for that. Same thing with the semiconductors. Same thing with mid-cap stocks. There are a couple of funds that I really like in that area. Same thing with some dividend paying stocks. If you're one that likes dividends, there's a, the, uh, it's amazing. It, it's, there's so many choices out there that makes it hard on an individual investor, by the way, because the more choice you have, the, the longer you have a tendency to think about it. So you really want to try to find out what is it that you really want to achieve. Stocks that have high quality sales, high quality profits and paid dividends uh, generally have a good combination of long term growth. Or have in the past, and, and actually, the funds that pick those types of stocks will eliminate those stocks who slow down or cut their dividend, or the dividend becomes uh, n- or unlikely that it's going to stay as high as it is. So they're being managed, and that can really help you out in your retirement years. Uh, now that I hear the music, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out how, uh, or you can call me. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every week from Saturday on uh, Saturday morning, eleven to noon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. Good investing.
0: You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420. The answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's
1: 330-664-0700. That's BullingtonCapital.com. or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.